Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It's amazing. All right, so we're going to be opening up out of uh, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And um, as you're finding your place, I just want to talk about this new series that we're starting tonight. I'm really pumped about it. Um, We are starting a series called Life on Purpose. Life on Purpose. And um, I'm believing this is going to be an amazing series. But what I mean by that is that if you can find your purpose for your every day, then you will be fueled and driven to live your life to the fullest. And the best way to find your purpose is to look upward to look at God, to look at Jesus. And uh, when you have purpose, it's as if your life becomes living color. When you have purpose, if you, if you have no direction, then it's just black and white. But when you have purpose, there's, you, you can take meaningful steps forward. So purpose is everything. And um, it's good news tonight because we, we have a God in heaven that can and will lead you to your true purpose for your life. But we have to turn to him. And I want to just encourage you, we're going to go over this this piece of scripture every time we're um, bringing a message in this series, but this is Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. I'd love for you to write it down. This is in the message. So it says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything, everybody say everything, got started in him and finds its purpose in him. So everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. I read that and it helps me understand that it's actually not about us. And that might hurt some people tonight, but I'm here to remind you and myself, it's actually, it's not about us. It's at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's about living your life for God and how God wants to work through you. We're just a vessel for his glory, to serve other people and to love on other people. But I'm thankful tonight that we serve a God that is so rich in goodness that he brings us on the best journey that we could ever have in our lives. I don't know if I'm the only one in this place that's thankful, but is there anyone thankful tonight that we serve a God that has a plan and a specific purpose for our life? That we can live this life just with our head held high. Because we know that God is looking out for us, and he loves you, and he has a specific purpose for your life. But this life with God is full of adventure and abundance, and it's exciting. So, amazing. All right. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. This is Jesus and his disciples. They are in Caesarea Philippi, which is an area where majority of the people are pagan, so they're Syrian and um, Greek population, and, but they are specifically worshiping pagan god Pan or Pan. Um, and Jesus decides to ask the disciples an important question. So starting in verse 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, what do you say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, 
and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, but what about you? I love that he turned it and said, what do you guys think? He said, who do you say I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever is loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Tonight, as we start this brand new series together, I want to preach a message entitled, Who Am I? Who am I? Because before you get to your purpose, it's absolutely vital for you to know where to find your true identity in. So we have to ask that, that question before we even talk about purpose. Identity is everything. Being secure in who you are will enable you to fulfill your purpose in life. So let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you tonight, Lord, that you are here in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that You're in this place right now, and you're working on hearts, God. You're working on hearts, and I thank you that your word is powerful, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. I pray that you would write something new on our hearts tonight, Lord, as we we process through the scripture, Lord, as, as we read your word, and we consider it, Lord, and figure out how to apply it to our lives, Lord. I thank you that as we sit in your presence and, and we hear your word, we actually leave better than the way we came in. So I ask that you would do that tonight, Lord, and that you would speak through this broken vessel in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So good. Well, I remember growing up um, annoying everybody by just singing all the time. I was always singing, humming or drumming. I don't know if there's anyone uh, in the place that, like, in class, you're, like, drumming on your desk, and people are like, shh, stop, stop, and then you get in trouble by the, the teacher. That was me. That was always me. I was either drumming on my desk or humming, singing, or, like, doodling on my paper. I remember getting in trouble in math class, and the teacher would always yell at me. He's like, stop doodling, stop drawing. I'm like, I can't help it, and then I'd stop drawing, and then I would start singing. She's like, stop singing, and I'm like, sorry. This is always one or the other for me, but I was always singing, and I loved, loved music, and I still love music, and um, it shaped a lot of my, my childhood, but I would drive my family nuts by singing. If I wasn't singing, I was humming. If I wasn't humming, I was drumming, and my family, they were just like, can you just knock it off, please? Just stop. For the love of God, please stop singing, and... Um, my family they don't really have to deal with it that much anymore. Um, the person that has to deal with it the most is my wife now, so I'm sorry, hon. Um, but I'm always singing. And all throughout life, I thought that, you know, it would be so amazing to, to become an artist one day, a musician, and, and just to write my own music and have, have my music on Spotify. And, and uh, I remember just daydreaming in class. And it came time to where I, I eventually finished my AA. I went to college in, in town for a little bit, and then I was trying to figure out where I was going to transfer to after that. And I had a couple options, and I was running through them, and 
I, I auditioned for a recording arts program uh, at a university in Tennessee and was checking out other universities and colleges and every single door shut, every single door. And, I'm, and I got to a point in my life where I was like, what is going on, God? Like, I'm trying here. I'm trying, I'm trying to go to that next step, trying to transfer, go to a different school and learn more about what I am passionate about. And I see all these doors. And you're shutting them. Like, what, what's going on? And eventually God reminded me of my first desire when I was in high school. And it was a desire to actually go to Hillsong College to, to learn about worship, how to, how to lead worship and, and songwriting and also just ministry, to learn more about it. And I was hungry. And uh, I had, I think, unintentionally suppressed that desire because it scared me. And it required me stepping out in faith. And it was really difficult for me, but I, I eventually got to the end of my road and all these doors are shut and the only one that's open is what I was originally passionate about, this idea of going halfway around the world to Sydney, Australia to go to college. And I was talking to God, I'm like, seriously? Like, why can't I just, you know, stay in town, maybe go to a state near Florida somewhere, not halfway around the world? Like, why? And um, I, even, I even tried like auditioning for a talent show, and I got to the last audition before it was televised, and they said no. And I'm just like, man, like that was that, that was my only that was the only card I had, God. And I'm like, what else can I do? And I'm just reminded of Hillsong College, Hillsong College, and I talked to some amazing people that I, that I love and 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 gain wisdom from, and two of them were actually our pastors at the time. They were not pastors at that moment, but we sat at the Hippo um, coffee bar, and we, we sat there and just had a meeting, and, and they encouraged me, like, you should really check it out. And I had one other friend in Atlanta encourage me, like, you should really check it out. You should go. And Mallory was like, you should go. And I'm like, gosh, but I'm scared. Like, I don't know. But then I prayed a couple more times, and all right, you know what? I'm just going to apply, and I, and I went for it. And... I got accepted, and, and I went to the other side of the world, and it was the best experience of my life besides getting married. That was amazing. I highly recommend that. That was the best experience of my life. Second place, going to Sydney, Australia. It was amazing. But once in a while, I think back on how my life would have been so different if, I'm, if I made it on that show or if I really pursued like, this whole idea of being a solo artist. How, how I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Would it have been a cool experience? Yeah, for sure. It really would have been. But I want to follow God's plan for my life 100% of the time. I don't want to follow my plan, what I have in mind. And I really felt like God was pulling me to, to do something that was going to require me to get out of my comfort zone a bit. But there's blessing on the other side of it. Maybe that's a word for someone tonight. There's, there's blessing on the other side of your comfort. If you're just willing to step out in faith and say, God, I don't really know what this looks like, but I'm going to step out and trust you. He always meets you. He really does. I believe that's a word for someone in this place right now, but my life would have looked different, but I don't care because I want to follow what I feel like God is calling me to. 
And that's what we need to do in those times where we're really feeling the friction of what's the next step? What's the next step? Look upward, look heavenward to God. It's everything. But I told God yes to stepping out into the boat a long time ago. I find that life goes a lot more smoothly if I'm not trying to be the captain and steer. But the more I let him steer, the better life gets. But I love this this passage that we read earlier, Matthew 16, but God also reminded me of Luke 5, and I would encourage you to write that down and read a little bit of Luke 5 later on. But when Simon was in a boat in this, in this passage. He was, he was with some of, some of his crew, and Jesus met them. And they had been trying to get fish all day, and they were just so tired. They couldn't catch anything. And it's amazing what Jesus does. He comes and he says, put down your nets. Simon's like, Jesus, you don't, you don't know, but like we've been trying for a long time. We don't have any fish. And he's like, it's okay let your nets down. He's like, but you might be better off going to like Long John Silver's and like get some fish, you know what I'm saying? Because your boys aren't getting any fish. Jesus, like we have no fish. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Just let your nets down. Okay. And Simon's like, all right, whatever you say. So you let them down and then pull it up and there's just fish like all over the place. And it's, it's overflowing with fish. And they were just in shock. And it's so amazing just here to read this passage. And, and Scripture say in Luke 5 that they, they pulled up this net. And they were just astonished. But at that very moment, after they, they had kind of settled down and everything, they ended up following Jesus. And Jesus said that you're not going to be fishermen anymore. You're going to be fishers of men. And they, I think it'd be easy for them to, to attach themselves to what they did for a living, you know, before this moment in life, before they had Jesus on the boat with them. They're like, yeah, wh- what do you do? Like, what's your identity? Oh, I'm a fisherman. Okay. But Jesus flips it on its head. After an encounter with Jesus, he's like, I'm a fisher of men, not a fisherman. And it's so cool that they, they, they gained a whole new type of purpose. And it came out of what they used to do. But that wasn't their identity. It was actually to be fishers of men. And I love it that they found something worth following and something that was sustainable and rooted in divine purpose. So it's it beautiful. But tonight, if you're taking notes, I really want to just give us some practical handles with this idea of identity, some truths in regards to your identity. So the first one tonight, you ready for them? First one tonight, your identity is not found in what the world says, and it's not found in your gifts and talents. Your identity is not found in what the world says, and it's not found in your gifts and talents. The world may be trying to sell you maybe some false advertisement and who you should really be, but you do not have the final, they don't have the final say, God does. God does. Maybe that is news for you tonight. That's more than okay, but it doesn't make it any less true. 
maybe you're here tonight and you have a specific job that you do and you feel like you should be working in a different field. Maybe you are going to college and you've heard your whole life that you are supposed to go. We'll just use an example. Maybe you've heard your whole life that you should be an engineer. And you're like, okay, I'm going to be an engineer. Maybe you have some people in your family that are engineers and they're encouraging you, like, I highly recommend it. You should do it. You should go to college. Be an engineer. Nothing against engineers. They're very valuable. We need them in life, right? But I think through maybe the expectation of other people, we can lose sight of what we truly want to do for our lives or what we truly feel like God is calling us to do. And we can worry so much about what other people think and the expectation of others that we've maybe missed the mark on our true purpose because we're trying to people please. I remember having friends that were going to college and they were doing a major that they weren't really passionate about. And, and it was so interesting to me. I was like, why? Oh, well, my parents told me that I should. And what? No, no, no. What, what are you passionate about? What do you feel like God's calling you to? You want to be a doctor? That's amazing. Then, like, God's going to see that to, to the end, and he's going to be with you through that whole process. And you got to trust them. But I think it's just, it's so important for us to remember the calling that God has on our lives. And our identity isn't found in what, what the expectation of others are for our life. Does that make sense? Like, it, our identity isn't found in what we're good at either. It's found in God only. It really is. God alone. And I think that, um, I think of another friend that went to Orlando. He went to college and he was studying aerospace engineering. And like, kudos to him because I was not good at math. And like, I was struggling. And, and, I'm, and once he told me that he was going to study, I was like, we get it, man. You're good at math. You get it. Like, you love space. That's cool. And I, and I blessed him on his way through that journey because I'm like, that is not for me. That is for you. But good job and keep going. And at the same time, I saw something else on his life besides being an engineer. And a lot of my friends saw something on his life besides engineering and, and doing this degree. And it was ministry. I saw his heart for people. He had a love for people. And at some point through the middle of the process of getting his degree, he ended up having this tough conversation with his parents. And he said, you know, I feel like I'm called to ministry. And he actually, he stopped going to college and he started pursuing ministry. And he started you now going, to, he went to seminary and all of that. And now he's, he's a worship pastor. And I wonder, I wonder if that resonates with you because... I think it's important us it's important for us to to talk to God about these things these important life decisions that have to do with our purpose in life but we have to to ask him and just talk to him and say what do you have to say about this I think it's so good to just sit and like you don't know what to do talk to God and say what do you think God like what do you think what do you think about this and he will talk to you because you, your identity is not found in what others say. You're, 
or what, or what you're gifted in, but only God. And I'd love for you to write this down if you're taking notes. The ownership of your identity is heavenward. The ownership of your identity is heavenward. Your identity is found solely in the one who formed you before you're ever aware of your own existence. I love this, this scripture, this Psalms 139, verse 13 in the NIV, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He made you. He made us. I think at Genesis, right, right from the beginning, we're going to go right to the front of the Bible. Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, listen to this. It says, Then God said, Let us make in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds, the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Gross. So God created man in his own image. Did you hear that? In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Your identity is always found in the ultimate creator, the one who was there from the origin of life itself, from the very beginning, is God. That's where your identity is found. You were made in his image. How amazing is that? We don't ever have to have a self-worth problem when we look at that scripture. We don't need to worry about identity or purpose when we look at the scripture like we're made in his image. That's amazing. So self-worth isn't, if you have low self-esteem about yourself, remind yourself of the scripture that you are made in the image of God. That's, that is unreal. It really is. You're valuable to him. He loves you. There's no, no, there's no reason to, to have a low level of self-worth when realize that you're made in his image and he loves you so much. Here's another thought. So if we were all created by God and made in his image, and why, why do we care so much about what other people think? Or what, why do we worry about about what, we, what we're portrayed like or what we should be like. Oh, you don't look the part. What do you mean? I don't look the part. If God has called you to it, then what else do you need? It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you look like. If God's called you to it, he will make it come to pass. The world can say one thing, but, but nothing can stop what God's plan is for your life. What room does insecurity have in my life when what are in our lives when we have been approved by the only one that will ever matter in life. I love, I love Luke 5, and I'm, I'm encouraged by Peter and the story we, we read earlier, but we read it earlier, but by, by trade, he was known for being a fisherman, and he encountered Jesus, and it shifted everything in his life. Realized that it wasn't about him anymore. It was about others and getting the news out about Jesus. And we have to 
look at that scripture and, and remember that, that it's not about us, it's about others, but our identity is always found in God and Jesus. So your identity is not found in what the world says. It's not found in your gifts and your talents. Secondly, you've been given a new name. You've been given a new name. Going back to that scripture earlier in Matthew 16, starting in verse 18, it says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and now, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you, you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So his name earlier in the passage, which was Simon, it translated in the Greek to hear. But then Jesus names Peter, names him Peter, which translates to rock or stone. He changed his name. I think this passage is great because Jesus gives Simon, son of Jonah, a new name. And the amazing thing about that is that Jesus says, on this rock I will build my church, and the power of hell will not overcome it. That's intense. That's amazing. How amazing is that? That Jesus would give him his true identity and purpose in life, but give him such an amazing assignment while on this earth. You need to know tonight that you have been given a new name and a new identity. And whatever negative word you might have unintentionally attached to yourself, you have permission in this place to actually let it go. Because you have a new name, and that name is child of God. You've been given a new name. Maybe you're in this place and you've struggled with depression your whole life. It's okay, but that does not define you. And there's healing in the name of Jesus. By his stripes, you're healed. He wants to meet you where you're at. And you're not labeled or marked by depression. You're marked by God because you are his child. Whatever it is for you, maybe it's just insecurity. Maybe it's, maybe it's addiction. That does not label you. That does not mark you. It's Jesus Jesus has the final say because he created you, right? God created you, and you're made in his image. You're valuable. But you've been given a new name. So just be encouraged tonight. That I think for me, like going back to my story, I could have easily found my identity in what I, was, what I felt like I was good at or what everyone saw in the limelight, whether it was me singing or whatever it was, writing songs. And if I leaned on that too much, there wouldn't be any foundation to to withhold myself because I was leaning so much on what I was good at or I could have. And I didn't because I remember that God is where I found my true identity, my true purpose. So just be encouraged tonight as the band comes back up that we find our true 
identity, our true purpose in him. And I'd love for all of us to just stand in this place. And I'd love to take some time to just actually pray. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.